This is the Radio South End podcast, all about South End. Get involved, comment, like, and share. Hi there, welcome to episode five of the Radio South End podcast with more from the guests who have joined us over the past week. I'm Mark Grantham. You can join me for breakfast on Radio South End for the latest news, sports, weather, travel, and South End's biggest hits, weekdays from six. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate if you could rate our podcast and leave some comments. Whilst you're there, don't forget to subscribe to get notifications of when the next episode lands. On the podcast this time, we chat with Miss Essex, Emily Cumming, who's made it into the finals for the Miss England contest. And then a few months later, I had a call from someone to say, oh, you've got through to the shortlist, but you haven't replied to our emails about an interview. CEO of Haven's Hospice, Steve Smith, tells us how excited he is for the Hairs About Town trail. I was thinking, wow, this, this is amazing. This is very big, first of all, for us, really big. And we chat with Tom Seals about his new song, Kissing Between the 45s, and his TV show and tour. I got all dressed up, put my shirt and tie on, and then he comes on the camera and he's got no tie. says, you've had me over here, Tom. Plus, we are joined by winner of The Voice, the Rossi Hair Competition, Maria Hickey, and Harley the Hair hops in too. But first, did you know Miss Essex, Emily Cumming from Southend, nearly didn't make it to the Miss England finals? Emily joined us on The Breakfast Show to tell us why. I really love answering this question because it... Well, it makes me laugh anyway. Um, and it makes my dad laugh when I tell him. Um, I really didn't mean to at all. Um, I, I, I think I was just browsing on social media and they had a wildcard entry. I think they had five wildcard entries in total. And this was the fifth one. And there was a link for it. And I, I honestly, hand on heart, I thought it was a scam. But for some reason, part of me just thought, oh, let's just apply and see what happens anyway. Kind of that small 1% kind of imagine if it, if it isn't a scam. Mm-hmm. Um, went through, sent my pictures and it went onto their app. And then you done like the free vote every day for yourself or get others to vote for you. And I, I didn't tell anyone about it. I didn't tell my friends or family. I completely forgot. I, I deleted the app and then just com- slipped my mind completely. And then a few months later, I had a call from someone to say, oh, you've got through to the, the shortlist, but you haven't replied to our emails about an interview. And I was thinking, who is this calling me? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and then I looked at my emails. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, you've, I've got emails for missing asking for an interview. This is crazy. Um, and then I still thought it was a scam. So I went along the interview just to see who these people are that are doing this elaborate scam and done the interview met these three ladies who are lovely then afterwards I gave them a google <laughs> I realized that I've been speaking to the director of Miss England a previous Miss England winner and the choreographer and I was like oh this is real and then I got the email to say that I was through and had won the wild card and that I'm representing Essex and now here I am <laughs> wow I mean that's some journey was there any part of you in this whole process thinking yes uh, I want to be a beauty queen. I want to be representing uh, Essex and England. Or is it just pure mistake? And you never, ever in your whole life thought that, yeah, yeah. I'm never going to do this type of thing. It really is. And, and it's not a negative thing against beauty pageants. I mean, now that I'm within it, I love it. It's, re- it's great. But yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I haven't grown up or thought in the last year or two years that I'm going to enter into a beauty pageant and I want to be Miss England. It's never... It was never like a thought process in my head. I never even thought I could probably even be involved in it, I think. So, yeah, now that I am, it's really weird. (laughs) And how many times have you seen Miss Congeniality? Um, A few times. (laughs) I 
0.1 because I think I needed some pointers because <laughs> I, I believe I am Miss Congeniality completely. So, <laughs> what was involved uh, in, in the judging criteria? Do you know what they were looking for when they uh, selected you to be this no, wild card? I no, I um, I really did wing it. And when I was, I had this Zoom meeting with some other girls and. They were just asking us what we like to do in our free time, what we'd what it'd mean to us to to be to win and go through to the Miss England final, um, and yeah, I, I didn't prepare at all because I, I really really didn't think it was real. I really didn't, and I, you know, some people say, "Oh, you just kind of fell into it, or it kind of just happened," and you think, "Well, no, you probably put some work into it." I, it really did just happen. I, I didn't mean for it to happen at all, and. Um, yeah, so I have no idea what they were judging, what the criteria was. I just was my honest self and it seemed to be okay. So, <laughs> What type of rounds are involved in becoming Miss England? So there are 10 rounds in total. I've done four of them now. So we had the sports round on the 6th of June, which was intense by a former Marine. Um, and yeah, it was very, very hard. Okay, so um, we're talking on full-on boot camp style, obstacle course, yeah. full yeah. on mud. I mean, I've, I've luckily had started getting into my fitness this, this year anyway. I've, I had a, I've had a personal trainer since December. So I thought my fitness levels would be on par. <laughs> and um, it was just 45 minutes of pure work, no breaks, constantly. If you're, if you're not moving, you're, you're running on the spot if there's nothing else to do. Mm. And um, yeah, it was really... It was, yeah, the only word for it is intense. It was really, really hard. <laughs> that was the first round. What happened next? Um, then there, so there's been a Explore My Nation round, which we had to give a presentation about our county. So I don't mind about the whole of Essex. I kind of wanted to change the stereotype of what Essex has from beauticians and vajazzles and things like that and kind of change it. There's so much more to Essex. I mean, there's so much history and lovely restaurants and things to do so I kind of wanted to explore that more and show people what it's all about there's two rounds that I've entered into yesterday which is bare face beauty round which is basically just a picture of yourself with no makeup and then an eco-friendly dress round where you have to make your own dress which is supposed to highlight kind of something that's important to you in, in regards to the environment mm-hmm. um that was really good fun I love doing that um and yeah they're the ones I've done so far and the rest are kind of all online so you've got the public vote for people's choice fundraising um a talent round which i haven't entered because i had i don't have any <laughs> i don't have anything i could enter for so i've just left that that one um and kind of hoping the other ones will save me <laughs> so when you talked about the um the eco dress round what was your inspiration behind that so mine is all about the ocean and plastics and race in the ocean i think when you live so close to the sea especially it's kind of you see it more often the amount of litter that goes into on, onto the beaches especially yeah. when it's hot weather um but my dad is also quite a big he does litter picking and he's always kind of honed into me and my family that we should all just look after the planet and i think it's something that needs to be spread spread out more to everyone so that's kind of my idea for the dress it's just made from completely reused material i bought a fishing net off facebook marketplace it's got leftover materials from different local brands plastic bottles and just loads of other rubbish i could chuck into it it's all there did you ever really think about wanting to be in one of these types of competitions what i want to share which i just find really important to me and it's a a message I want to get across to just anyone out there. It might seem a bit cliche, but I mean, with everything that's happened over the last few years, 
um or I mean last year especially mm. I've just feel like I want to let everyone know that really anything can change at any time I mean I've spent the last four three three four years I absolutely hated myself going shopping with me is would have been the worst thing because I would end up in a changing room trying something on and crying and wanting to go home because I just hated how I look I'd wake up in the morning and hate it stay in bed all day and I mean this time last year I would be on the sofa on furlough two o'clock in the afternoon in my pajamas watching RuPaul's Drag Race and now I'm doing this it's just a complete three like it's just crazy so it really anything can happen to anyone at any time you just gotta let it happen and yeah it's um crazy so when's the final then for miss england 27th of august in coventry and that is an in-person event or is that a virtual event as well yeah at the moment it's an in-person event um covid providing obviously but hopefully it's an in-person event because it's just been moved it was supposed to be at the end of this month and it's been moved back to august so hopefully yeah hopefully it's in person (laughs) and uh, if you're successful in becoming miss england what's the next step so if i was successful for miss england uh, it would then be to go on to miss world in puerto rico in november i believe it's for your four weeks and to even say that i'm part of of that is just crazy it's just the most surreal experience i've ever had in my life so it's just really weird to even say that so if people want to vote for you because you mentioned the personal vote uh, how can they do that? Where can they find out your face and um, give you a tick to support you? Yeah, so um, you just download the Miss England app. It's free on the App Store or Play Store. And then every single day you get a free vote. So you can vote for me every day, one free vote. Um, and then that's all you have to do, just every day. <laughs> one free vote every day between now and the, to yes, the 20th sorry, of August. The 20th, yeah, so a week before. Emily, it's been lovely chatting with you this morning. Uh, I, I wish you all the best for this. I, I hope you... Uh, do, be, do get that round. We'll be certainly following your progress uh, through mm-hmm. to the final. And we'd love to have a chat again after uh, the summer, see how you got on. Yeah, definitely. You know, And if we can help you pack your suitcase and come to Puerto Rico at the same time, oh, we're up for that. I mean, you do get a free <laughs> guest. So oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I'm no good. I mean, no good with makeup. I'm no good with hair. I'm no good with dresses. But, you know, I can carry suitcases. There you go. That's all you need. Just a suitcase carrier. <laughs> Emily, good luck. Thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you so much. There are many ways you can listen to Radio Southend. Like on your Google or Amazon smart speaker. Just search for Radio Southend in your skill store. Enable the skill and then whenever you want to listen, just say play or launch Radio Southend. Alternatively, you can visit RadioSouthend.com and click on the Google or Amazon app logos on the homepage, which will launch the skill for you to enable. There is also further information on different ways you can listen to Radio Southend on the go. Still to come on the podcast, we'll be talking with Havens Hospice CEO Steve Smith and Harley the Hair hops onto the pod and we reveal the voice for the Rossi Hair, which can be found on the Hairs About Town app. It's Radio Southend, it's Friday morning, and I'm joined today by Maria Hickey, who is the winner of our Voice of the Rossi Hair competition. Morning to you, Maria. Good morning. Now, you've had a few days now since uh, we last spoke. What's been going through your head then about voicing of this hair? I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to go along, see the hair, have an ice cream, and I want to play it to my nephews and see if they recognise me. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to be standing there with the app? By the hair and just playing and saying, that's me. 
That's me. <laughs> if I like it, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely have to have a 99 while I'm standing there, though. <laughs> yeah. And have a really good selfie, you with your phone out, listening to yourself with a 99. Yeah, great, definitely. Right? Yeah, it's going to be my birthday, so even better. Oh. <laughs> So when's your birthday then, Maria? It's the 3rd of July, but I can say it's the 1st. <laughs> well, I mean, the hair's going to be there for the best part of 10 weeks, so you know, plenty yeah, of opportunity. Yeah, I can have a birthday month. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Keep going so, along saying it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been lovely uh, chatting with you. Thank you so much for uh, helping us uh, with the recording for the Hairs About Town trial app. It's going to be out early part of next week. So, Maria, I think we better play your voice. Uh -oh. <laughs> on the app. Here it is. Inspiration for the Rossi hair was modelled on the retro style swimwear of the 1930s. The iconic Rossi colours, blue and white, are painted onto striped vintage swim top and short swim skirt with ruffles, constructed from plaster, creating a three-dimensional effect. A bandana and a headscarf, together with a cool pair of swimming goggles, and of course, the iconic Rossi 99, complete her look. Karen Brandash is a local artist who creates bespoke artwork for residential and corporate projects. She works alongside interior designers and directly with clients to create and supply innovative artwork to complement their interiors. <laughs> That's Maria Hickey. She won the competition to be the voice of the Rossi hair. Maria, congratulations. It sounds fabulous. and I can't wait for everybody else to hear it as well. Oh, thank you so much. Have a lovely Friday and an amazing birthday. Thank you. Bye. Good morning to you. It's Mark Radio Southend. And today we are joined by Steve Smith. He's the Chief Executive Officer of the Havens Hospices. We call him the Hair Master. Morning to you, Steve. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for sharing a few minutes with us this morning. Uh, what's it like to be the Hair Master of the Hairs About Town Trials? It's a, it's a fantastic job. It's a very exciting job. Um, you know, lots to, to take care of, lots to, to keep under control. But uh, yeah, really exciting, really looking forward to, to getting this trail underway. And, and with the summer and, and the sunshine out, it's just the perfect time for us. A question came up from a listener just yesterday. What's the relationship between hares and rabbits? Uh, do, do they get along? Is it a bit like Americans and Canadians? They're a bit similar, but very different. <laughs> I think that's pretty true, actually. You know, they're, they're definitely a different species, but uh, <laughs> I, I think um, you, you, you probably find them in the same field. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> okay, so when this trail was originally uh, pitched to you, what was the first thoughts that were going through your head? Well, I think, you know, firstly, I was thinking, wow, this, this is amazing. This is very big, first of all, for us, really big, really exciting, and lots of interactivity between us and the community. And, you know, the, the fact that I'd like to see it in my own hometown, it was something that I thought, wow, that would be pretty impressive. Uh, and then you think the engagement that needs to go on in terms of, you know, with our community, with our schools, and it's a awful lot of work in there. And then trying to get um, publicity, like, you know, friends like yourselves and helping us out. Uh, oh, that's a massive, massive piece of work. So at once, on one side thinking, yes, this is so exciting. And the other side, how daunting, you know, have to do mm. to try and pull all this together. But it's going really well. We've got some great people involved uh, and we've got some wonderful support from, from people like yourselves and 
uh, and you know it's just really really starting to move things along and the momentum's really building now so we're really excited about it so i, I think you know when it first came along I, I i looked at it and thought wow this is going to be something special and then you looked at your team thinking how are they going to do all of this <laughs> on top of all the other things they had to do during their day exactly right exactly right and you know and you know there's no everyone knows you know it's just coming out the back of covid really as things are just calming down we hope in covid you know that and then trying to put all that extra effort and energy into into building something else but they're really prepared for it you know they've got great experience doing this kind of work so i'm 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 for all belief that we are going to get to make this a fantastic trail for south end it's going to be a, a spectacle i mean i've seen i've been lucky enough to see one or two of the hairs and they are just so impressive and the work that's gone in is just amazing you know at the end of this we we've got to remember that this is all about trying to auction these hairs off and sell them because the money comes from that is really crucially important for for Haven's Hospices, isn't it? That's right. We've got so we've got thirty hairs uh, that have been uh, designed by artists. And uh, in fact, I took last week. I took the first hair up that was designed up to Fenchurch Street on mm. the train. Had to try and get him on the train, and it, it all worked out really well. And then we've got fifty baby hairs, which are called leverets. And they've gone out really into schools and community groups across the borough for those to be designed. And some of those are looking amazing. Lots of energy and effort gone into those as well by, by schools and really fantastic. And then it closes around about 24th September um, at Garrens Park. And that's where the trail ends. And that's how, uh, that's the point at which we, we look to try and auction those off to businesses for them to have as almost like a mascot, I suppose, and to show their contribution because a lot of these have been sponsored by local businesses as well. Mm. Um, and that's where we we hope to, you know, be raising um, money that we desperately need for for the hospice so we can continue the work that we do. It must be really hard, though, to come up with um, new and interesting ideas to generate important funds so you can keep delivering uh, the services you can within the hospice exactly right mark exactly right it is hard it's um it's, it's been certainly over these last sort of 12 to 15 months we've been looking at all sorts of ways that we can move to digital and we're trying to incorporate that we've got a brilliant team uh, of young people who are helping us move into that area and that's something that's new to us we've been trying to really encourage it we ran a great quiz a little while ago um, using technology video conferencing technology that was fantastic and got real loads of support working with uh, IT companies and all sorts of people who are just coming out to support us um, so really really important we, we try and do that and now we've got uh, we've just started actually a group trying to work up some ideas some getting some creative people together just to come up come up with some new ideas because you know what it's like social media is always about the next big thing and that's what we're interested mm. in too you know but also the experience for those people that want to give money those people that want to do something um, you know what experience can we give them that makes them think wow this is really worthwhile for me and i'm giving to charity what a brilliant thing to do so that's what we're looking to do at the moment. steve let's take a break and play a tune we'll be back with steve smith ceo of the havens hospice it's market radio south end and we're here with steve smith ceo of the havens hospice now during this pandemic obviously a majority of your shops have been closed uh, forced closed and these are such an essential part of how you raise funds uh, what's it been like for you to actually generate income to to keep delivering services? That's right, it it did, and we'd we'd forecasted, you know, how well we were going to be doing in this year, and or, uh, you know, or not as the case may be. You know, we'd looked at it in detail, and of course, the landscape changed as the as months went on. Things changed because of the virus and the way it was spreading. So, um, so, but we, what we've seen, Mark, even though we've had to close for periods that we didn't expect to 
is that when we opened those shops, the customers came flooding in and, and, and they were spending money with us and we couldn't believe it. It was so great, uh, you know, really wonderful support from the community um, through Southend and beyond. You know, it was really fantastic uh, level of support and that's really buoyed us and made us think that, you know, we're going to get through this as, as we all are. You know, we're going to get through this and it's going to be positive coming out the other side. So. Yeah, it's it's been it's been tricky. You know, we we're talking about a thirty four percent decrease in our normal funding and our normal income from fundraising and and from trading as well. But um, but we're confident because we've seen what's happened. We're confident this is all going to pick up again uh, for us, and and people are going to come out and support us again, just as they have done, which we're we're you know so grateful for. Um, so yeah, we're we're very confident, feeling buoyant. Very good. So. Let's just uh, talk a bit about um, the services that the hospice deliver uh, to those um, people and uh, families as they come to um, end of life. This whole pandemic hit just as you moved into your new hospice as well, didn't it? That's right. So so we just moved into the new adult hospice. We've got an adult hospice and a children's hospice, and that's in Dorsey, mm-hmm. Thundersley. And our new adult hospice is just opposite Priory Park and Priory Crescent. And we opened up, we were all gearing up. Uh, to have our first patient. I think it was the 13th of March, we were going to have our first patient. And and of course, our first patient started coming in. And we, we wanted to do that gently as well. We didn't want to have, you know, fill the place immediately. We were slowly bringing people in because we were getting used to the building, brand new building, never been in a building, you know, quite like this. It was completely designed, uh, with you know, purposely just for mm. uh, hospice care. Brought a uh, few first few patients in, and of course, news uh, started uh, around the pandemic. And so we had to follow government guidelines around placing restrictions in place for visiting and so on. Uh, and yeah, we we had to work very hard to to try and adapt to that. We've supported uh, our local hospital in terms of taking patients and and bringing those in, um, and and working with our patients. And, and of course, there's impact on families there as well. And uh, you know, it's a really tricky time for people. Families coming into hospice, that, that's a free service that gets delivered, isn't it? There's no charge for anything that you do. It, it is a free service, and that's what our supporters do for us. So they enable us to provide healthcare assistance and nurses on a on a really strong ratio, you know, one, one to one with a patient, two to one with a patient sometimes, in order that we can provide 24-7 care for anyone, anyone who comes in for palliative and end-of-life care into our hospice. So that might happen in a range of ways. It could be um, we do an outpatients, essentially what we call our hub. So that's people coming in for therapies. There might be massages. There might be a bit of a rehabilitation in a gym. We have a hospice at home service for adults. So our staff will go out to people in their homes because not everyone can make it into us and they, they want to be at home. We're doing that for children as well. We've got an adult um, a children's hospice at home service. So our, our staff can go out to children and their families at home, but also offering fun activities during the day at Little Havens uh, in Thundersley. And uh, we also, we do overnight stays as well, respite stays for those families that have a child that, you know, difficult and challenging lives really, you know, Mm, to mm. to try and uh, look after a child every day, you know. And so we try and take a bit of that pressure off by trying to support them. And then obviously we've got the adult, um, what we call our IPU, our inpatient unit, where we have patients staying overnight and that might be respite. They may come in for a few days and then go back home again, or it may be, you know, for end of life care. So patients who are coming to us, have been referred to us from the hospital and they'll spend their last days with us and we'll make that as comfortable as possible, bring in their family and and, and now we can do that, which is wonderful, bring in their family and they can be with their loved ones. Um, you know, those, those moments that are so important to them. So Steve, tell me, how much does it cost uh, for someone who receives care within the hospice? 
So for someone to come in and stay with us, the, the total cost uh, a day is £6,000 per day. Wow, so that is really why this hair about Towns Trail is so important to, to raise that huge sum of money so your services can be delivered free. You know, and as we look at this whole community project for the Hairs About Town Trail, what would you like to say to all those people who are so far giving up their time and working so hard for you? Well, obviously, thanks. But, you know, is there enough thanks to give? There's a tremendous effort by everyone involved here, by, by everyone who's you know, involved in the schools, involved in our community, supporting us, and all our volunteers that are signing up to help out. All the, all the businesses that have supported us as well, whether that be, you know, gifts in kind or whether it be actually donating and supporting and sponsoring some of these fairs. It's been a, a great effort across South End actually, to bring this together. And the council as well have really helped out and wanted to get involved. Um, and, and we're grateful to all of them for this because we think, you know, coming out, you know, into the sunshine, uh, cro- moving across South End is gonna be really great for the town. We're hoping to bring thousands of people into the town to, to go through this trail. And that's just only going to help businesses and, 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 and local opportunities for everyone. So, yeah, really, really excited, really excited about this. Steve Smith, thank you so much for your time this morning. Steve is the CEO of the Havens Hospices. Have a great day. and I look forward to seeing you on the trail. Thank you, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Radio South End. Hair's about town. And we're here with Harley the Hair this morning. Hi, Mark. How are you? <laughs> what's, yeah. what's the matter? Can I just say, yeah. I love the way you say, playing South End's biggest hits. Uh-huh. Can I have a go? Well, go on then. Have a little go then. I'm Harley the Hair on Radio South End, playing South End's biggest hits. That's very good. I like the way you did that. Hey, what you got to tell us today? Hi there. I'm Harley the Hair, one of the 30 fabulous hairs about town. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm the handsome one, yeah. even if I do say so myself. Really? I'm going to be joining Mark Grantham on The Breakfast Show each morning with an update of what's going on across Southend with all of my mates and the team at Haven's Hospices. Don't forget you can chat with me on Twitter at Hair Harley and come and see me at the seafront from July 1st. Oh, very nice. I like that. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's just days away now as well. It's like Thursday. And, I mean, the time is rushing by. Can I pick the next song? Well, I suppose you can. What do you, what, what do you want to play? Here's Deborah Harry. <laughs> Deborah Harry? You mean Deborah Harry, don't you? <laughs> Deborah Harry. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Bye for now. Yeah, we'll catch you up in a bit, see what's going on for the rest of the day. Right then, Deborah Harry for you then. I want that man as we continue to play Southend's Biggest Hits. My guest today is Tom Seals. He's got new music. He's got a tour that's coming through Essex. He's also got a TV show now that's made its way to Sky. Good morning to you, Tom. Hello, Mark. Thanks so much for having me on the show. There's so much to talk about. Um, First off, I want to just ask, how on earth did this happen? Jennifer Hudson, quote, (laughs) he plays the hell out of those keys. Many moons ago, I auditioned for a little TV show called The Voice. Did you? uh, I say I auditioned. I, I, every year I got scouted by the X Factor, the voice Britain's Got Talent, and I put the idea off for years. They never, never entertained the idea. And um, and then eventually, when, when the voice told me that they were moving over to ITV and they wanted musicians that could play, not just singers that could sing, um, I thought, well, this sounds like the you know the time for me to go on. And uh, yeah, Jennifer Hudson was was one of the uh, was one of the coaches. That Let's year. just talk about the music then. So, I mean, where do you get the passion? for music and playing piano. Where did did that start? Well, my granddad, so my dad's dad had a big band here in Crewe, Cheshire. He uh, had the versatile concert orchestra and they'd rehearse every Thursday. And uh, they were that versatile, sometimes they rehearsed on a Tuesday. Um, And (laughs) it's funny, it it makes me laugh every time. Um, 
And yes. every every week, my dad would take me to watch the VCO, and mm. they would be playing Glenn Miller, Sinatra, Count Basie, Duke Ellington, all the you know all the pioneers of big band, really. And that's where I fell in love, really, with that style of music. And then the person to go and watch, you know, go and watch in real life uh, then and still now. Um, for that style of music was Jules Holland. So I'd go and watch Jules, which of course took me down more of a, a boogie-woogie piano angle. And, and I guess ultimately that's where the, my love of boogie piano came from. Luckily, we had a piano at home in the house. So I could just sit down and, and play. My sister was having singing lessons and she used to make me, she's nine years older than me, so she used to make her little brother just sit at the piano and play Do Re Mi Fa Sol La Ti Do. And, uh, and then, yeah, she gave that up and there was a piano at home and, I just just sort of loved it, and and yeah, there we go. And and did you have a piano teacher? Did you do lessons, or was it more just playing around and being self-taught? Well, it was certainly both. Um, I I had a piano lesson. The first the first piano teacher I went to, after a few lessons, she she said to my mum, she says, ah, "It's like he just makes it up as he goes along," and she wasn't very happy about this. <laughs> and obviously, that was an indication to move towards the more jazzy side, improvisation side of things. Right. So I went to a guy called David Ketley, who became sort of my other granddad, really, and, and took me took me under his wing. And I had him, you know, he was my teacher for about 10, 10 years or so. Um, but all this time, I was still playing myself every single day. The na- I remember the neighbours saying to my parents, oh, he's, uh, he's getting better, isn't he? Which was obviously an indication that they could hear the <laughs> piano every morning at seven o'clock. Um, so, but the thing is, I've always loved it. And a lot of people say to me now, oh, I really want my child to play the piano. And actually, if the kid's not interested, then they're not going to do it because you've got, it was all I ever wanted mm. was to wake up and go and play the piano. Um, so yeah, I've, I, you know, it's been around forever. And uh, I'm a lucky boy, get to travel the world doing the thing I love the most. And you've now translated that into a TV show, Tom Seals Presents. The concept is brilliant. You have some guests, you ask some questions, and then you play their their favourite songs? Their three favourite songs, yeah. So this was an idea born out of lockdown. So last year, last March, of course, when the world came to a halt, Mm. myself, my band, my production team, everyone that we'd got so much planned for the following months, of course, all cancelled, all just stopped. We were meant to film a pilot for a TV show, and we had no interest in this pilot. It was just an idea of mine. And actually, there was no interest at all, but I was going to chuck some money behind it and, and see what happened. Um, so, of course, when the world came to a halt, I didn't really know what to do. So we didn't, we couldn't do the, the full big pilot we are going to do. But my mum was having her garden redone. And I said, look, before you have your grass done, and, and like, do you mind if I ruin the garden completely, if I bring in a drum riser, a full band, a production van, cameras, gazebos, everything. Mm-hmm. And luckily she's cool and she said yes. So we did these six weeks of the Tom Seals show in isolation, live streams on the internet, on my socials, Facebook and YouTube. So, and we got about a quarter of a million hits over the, the few weeks. And every week we had 10 to 1,000 people watching. We did virtual duets with Katie Tunstall in Los Angeles. I sang the baked potato song with Matt Lucas. And we did loads of cool stuff. Um, and it was all just because my band were free and bored and just wanted something fun. Same with the production team that we were working with. Um, anyway, one thing led to another. We got this In Isolation series to a few people. Someone at Sky saw it. And we said, look, this is what we can do in, in a garden just for fun. You know, imagine what we could do with, 
with a bit of time and money and stuff chucked behind it. Yeah. Um, so we made this series called Tom Seals Presents. And, and, and this was because we, the Tom Seals show, in my mind, was a much bigger production. It was. Uh, it certainly isn't a COVID-friendly production. You need loads of bands, you need a huge audience, you need celebrities, you need this. And we just couldn't do that. So we, we decided to change tact, really, and, and that's why we took this Tom Seals Presents idea online. So the idea is that I'm chatting to celebrities about their three favourite songs, and then me and my band take them and put our jazzy, bluesy spin on them. So we've had some really, really great guests and some really great songs. Of, of all the songs that uh, you've played then for your guests, what one's your favourite? Ones that I wasn't expecting, really. When when the songs came in, you got to imagine here that my band completely hate me now because we did 13 episodes of three songs each. So I made the band learn 39 songs, and that's a lot of material to learn. Um, I was flicking through the list thinking, oh, well, I'm going to enjoy that one, obviously, because of whatever reason. Mm. But actually, it was stuff that I had maybe not ever done. The, the, the Power of Love turned out to be a favourite in the end, which was the, you know, the Frankie Goes to Hollywood yeah. tune. That was for Russell Watson. That turned out well. Um, we did we did Carol Baskin as well from Tiger King as one of the guests. And uh, she picked Eye of the Tiger, of course, which turned out to be quite fun to do. So, yeah, some of the curveballs really were, were quite were quite fun because because you have to go outside the box and think, what can I do with this? Um, but it was just a great fun experience all round, really, especially the fact that it probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for all of this COVID stuff. Mm. It just it would never have been on my radar to do. So to, to come out of it with a really fun experience with my band and they've got a, a series on Sky. It was just, yeah, it's just been a really cool experience. Yeah, and there's a few more to go because I think you're, it runs till the end of June, doesn't it? End of June, yeah. We yeah. next week is Tom Allen, the comic who hosts oh, uh, the Extra Slice Bake Off. I love Tom, and he's never seen without a tie, is he? Really, you never seen. I've never seen him out of a suit, to be fair. If you watch my episode, there's a little treat he doesn't Ooh. have a tie on i got all dressed up put my shirt and tie on and then he comes <laughs> on the camera and he's got no tie says you, you've had me over here tom um and then the final episode is is good and the final episode is we, we've done it it was the first guest we've got in real life it was the first time that the covid sort of restrictions let us do the interview face to face um and that was with ricky wilson from the kaiser chiefs let's talk about your tour then tom you're coming through essex very soon all being well and uh, there'll be no further panic around uh, the pandemic. I'm, I'm confident it's going to happen. Yeah, and you're coming through Essex a couple of times. Chelsea City Racecourse. That's your first one. Chelsea right? Racecourse. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Now that's for the ladies' day, so there's going to be plenty of people there. And yeah, I'm bringing my full full band. It's going to be a bit of a party. I'll break sure I bring my Factor Fifty. You know, with this fair ginger hair, I'm sure the sun will be shining. Yeah, and, exactly. uh, yeah, it'll be a fun and a whole, a whole crate full of prosecco. I would have thought. Uh, and also, then you come to South End as well. Darling. Champagne, oh, champagne. Darling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the sky money talking. That is. <laughs> <laughs> if, if only. And then you're coming to the Palace Theatre in South End as well. Yeah, I am, and uh, I'm very excited that that is uh, this week getting announced to be part of the South End Jazz Festival as well. So that's uh, that's cool. So that that gig's getting added as part of that. Um, and again, you know, I. A couple of years ago, maybe, I don't know, five years ago, let's say, I was always convinced that if I didn't have a record deal by the time I was this age, or I didn't have the deal with Live Nation or promoters by the time I was this age, or I didn't have the thing, it was never going to happen. So I stopped kind of focusing on that and just focused on getting work and, and being busy and making myself better and making the band better and all this. Um, and then out of lockdown, of course, the, the, the TV show was born. Out of that, a record deal through Universal Records was born. 
and and now a deal with Live Nation, the world's biggest promoters. You know, it's all kind of come out of nowhere. So, so this tour is my first theatre headline show tour with with Live Nation. Um, we're only doing a small handful of dates. We've cherry picked, you know, we, we've hand picked a few nice venues that we want to do and one of them was the south end palace and, and i can't wait so that's the 12th of october excellent we're really looking forward to seeing you play uh you, but we can't let you go without talking about your new song which I, doesn't it drop fr- next friday 25th of june it does indeed yeah it's called kissing in between the 45s and i've uh this, this is with a guy i've worked with a guy on this record called elliot kennedy now i've wanted to work with elliot for a long time he's got so many hits that you'll know he's written for Celine Dion, Aretha Franklin. He wrote, Could It Be Magic for Take That? He wrote, um, Baby When You're Gone for Mel C and Brian Adams. I mean, this guy's had hit after hit after hit. And uh, he came to me with an idea. He said, Tom, I've got an idea of this song of a, tells the story of a mum and dad-to-be at a house party. The first night they meet, they're, they're having a dance and, and the, the vinyl records are stacked on the record player. And that five-second bit of silence where the records are changing um, in that five seconds, they have they get to know each other and have a little bit of a kiss, um, and and hence was was this song born, kissing in between the forty fives. But no, it's a real feel good song. We we tried to take sort of influences from people that I really like. So we've gone early Billy Joel, which is that bluesy thing. We've gone the Jules Holland big band almost sound, trying to make it modern and and current, but still have that real retro feel good sound. Yeah. Um, and I'm really proud of it. I think we got there with it. I think it's a great song. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Apart from anything else, it's feel good. It just makes mm. it. If you mean you might think I'm not into boogie wiggy, I'm not into blues or anything like that. Just park that at the back of your mind. It's just a song that sounds so good in the summer. That's the way I look. Well, at I it. hope so. Yeah, I hope so. And I think you know it's a song that is uplifting, and we kind of need that right now. And um, it, it, funny you say about oh, people say I don't like blues, I don't like boogie. A lot of people come to a show of mine, and they've got this preconception that oh, because it's South South End Jazz Festival, or because I'm watching you at Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club, it's going to be this really hard hitting jazz that makes your brain hurt. And it's really not. You know, if you come to a show of mine, it's jazz, blues, swing, boogie, boogie, soul, funk, pop with some funny stories in there. There's a bit of everything. And a lot of people leave a show of mine and say, oh, I don't like jazz, but I like you. And that's because it's it's really not jazz at all. It's just a, a phrase that people coin it with. So mm. don't be scared by uh, South End Jazz Festival. It's uh, going to be a great evening of, of all stuff that you'll know, some original material of mine, including this song. And yeah, I hope to see people there in October. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Tom, thank you so much for your time this morning. That's Tom Seals. His new tune is called Kissing in Between the 45s. Have a lovely weekend, Tom. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mark. See you soon, mate. That's Tom Seals, and that wraps up this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to get notifications of the next episode as soon as it drops. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. Harley. What's that then? Why'd you say Deborah Harry? You know that's wrong. You made me look a right book. Oh, yes. See you soon. See you next time.